Number 11, an imam in Bermuda Shahaboyre Yisvar Shemoy, Goimel Toiv le Shoyme Mitzvaisov, Umanish lo Ovre Mitzvaisov. I believe with perfect faith that the Rabboni Shloylam rewards those that keep his mitzvahs, his commandments, and punishes those who transgress his commandments. So we have over here a very important system of Shavoinesh. Uh, it's a, one of the very, very basic ideas. Again, simple. You know, when we go through the, we're almost finished now, Mr. Chen, we're going to finish today. When we go through the 13 Ikrim, the 13 principles of faith that the Rambam set out, and if you remember, we said in the beginning that there were those that didn't understand why specifically these ones. Now, I do understand the question to some degree that there could have been other ones. You know, I understand that if you go through the whole Torah, there could have been more than 13, you know, Ikrim of the principles of faith for the Rabbani Shalom's Torah and for the world. But at the end of the Rabbani, the Rambam put these 13 in, and we can definitely understand why each and every one of them are included in this list. Because they're going through one by one some of just of the basic ideas of everything. You know, when you do a mitzvah, you get rewards. When you don't do a mitzvah, you get punished, right? So the uh, Mishnah in Pirkeyavas, Gemelani Pirkeyavas, but this is the first parak. The Mishnah Pirkeyavas says very clearly that we should not be like a Ebed that serves his master, Manas the Kabbal Pras, in order to receive a, war, a reward. So Rabbi Yona over here on that Mishnah says a beautiful explanation. And he says like this, Rabbi Yonah says that, what does it mean? Does that mean that you don't know there's a reward? In other words, are you meant to live an oblivious life, not realizing that there's a reward to be end? Absolutely not. Forget, you're meant to know there's Olam Abba. You're meant to know that there is an end to all your actions. Forget, that's the whole idea The Messiah Shashom says, that we're living in a world where it's a corridor to the next world, right? We're in a prosdor, we're in a corridor that leads to the main hall. So it's important to know that there is a reward. And it's okay to know that when we do something good, we are going to get rewarded for what we do. That's fine. Don't do it for that purpose. Don't do the mitzvah. Ooh. Which, by the way, I, I, I doubt many people really do a mitzvah because they're getting a reward. I, I, like, I'll take a simple example. Your mother asks you to, take, to do something. Are you going to be thinking, ooh, one minute, I'm getting a schar and mitzvah when I do kibbutz of aim. Therefore, in the next world, I'm going to get schar. I don't know how many people are thinking that way. I doubt many people are thinking that way. I doubt it. I think, I think in a general way, we know that there is a reward. Ultimately, we know about it. But it's not something we think of each and every mitzvah. Okay? That could be. That afterwards. Before you do it, you're not. Very good. Oh, yeah, like yeah, you're 100% right. Most that's very good. That's a good point. That's a good point. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Most people are not doing it, but there are certain times that we do mitzvahs. And you know, chesed could be one of them. Like, I really don't want to do this. But you know what? Chesed is a big thing. It's a tremendous char. It's, you know, it's going to chesodim. It's one of the reasons that the Rabbani Shem keeps the world going. I'm going to do this mitzvah. No. Says the Mishnah Perkyavis, we don't do a mitzvah for the purpose of the char. Right, Zevi? But... And that's why I wanted to, I mentioned this to you because I want to tell you Rabbi Yonah's pshat. Rabbi Yonah says pshat like this. He says that it should be that a person thinks of the Rabbi Shalom as doing so much good for him that, and he loves the Rabbi Shalom so much that he wants to do the mitzvahs and he wants to make him happy and he wants to do that which is right. Right? Sometimes, this is, we're going to go a little bit off topic for a moment, but sometimes people ask, you know, the latest Torah that people are busy with is acceptance. And that is, whatever you do, Hashem loves you. 
It's fine. You could be the lowest of the lowest of the lowest in the worst place possible. Hashem always loves you. And you know what? It's a hundred percent true. But there is a misconception that can come out from there. And what's that? The misconception is a guy could turn around and say, Oh, okay. So you're telling me, God Shabbat loves me whatever I do. Wonderful. So let me just do Averis. And Hashem loves me anyway. What do I need to be busy with mitzvahs and doing the right thing? If whatever I do anyway, Hashem loves me. Leaving out, obviously, the you know punishment that that guy's going to get for doing the Averis. And that which the Rambam says that you can't really do tshuva if you plan to do an Averis and do tshuva afterwards, which we learned in El, if you remember when we learned the Rambam and Echel's tshuva. But even more basic to that, you know, if you have a relationship with someone, anyone, whether it's your wife, whether it's your roommate, whether it's your parents, whether it's a good friend of yours, you don't want to do something to that friend, to that wife, to that parent, to that child, to that teacher, whatever it is, to hurt them. Because you love them, you have a relationship with them, right? Now it could be that if you do something to upset your wife or your your child or your parent or your brother or your roommate or whatever, they'll forgive you. Because the mice, they love you anyway and you're a best friend. So it'll be okay. But you wouldn't want to do that to them because you have a close relationship with them. That's what we're saying over here. What we're saying over here is you don't want to upset, so to speak, by doing Averas. Yes, the Rabbi Yishon will love you even if you do Averas. And he'll love you whatever you are, whatever you say, whatever you do, whatever place you are in the world. HaKosh Baruch will love you always. That we know. But why would you want to upset the Rabbi Yishon who has given you so much? If you want a relationship with someone, you don't upset them. Therefore, Rabbi Yoni tells us that of course we don't do mitzvahs because of the schar. We do mitzvahs because we love the Rabbi Yishlalim, because we have a relationship with the Rabbi Yishlalim. We want to do the Ratzon Hashem, because that's what he wants us to do. And even if we don't understand it, and even if it's difficult, we do it anyway. Um, that's why we do a mitzvah, says Rabbi Yishlalim Perkyavus. Over here, when we say this, that there is goimel toiv l'shomim mitzvah, he's not telling us do the mitzvah because of the reward. He's telling us that we believe that there will be a reward. That we believe that in this world, we're not living a world of a mere 120 years or whatever years that we're granted in this world as a chesed from Hashem. But rather, whatever we do in this world is a purpose to get to the next world and is a purpose to live in eternity with the Shechina and everything that's entailed together with that. And that belief is a very important belief of Yiddishkeit because the goyim, obviously, don't believe in this. And for them, this world is the only world. And therefore, that's why the American dream is eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow you may die. Why? Because it's all about now. It's all about chaparain. Amass as many toys as you possibly can, as much money as you can, as much covered as you can, because you're going to get nothing after 120 years after you leave this world. A yid, I hope, doesn't think that way. And that's what this animal is telling us. A yid thinks that there's a Rabbi who's going to pay us back for every good act, every good thought, every good speech, whatever we did in this world. There is going to be... Uh, retribution is going to be a wonderful, wonderful reward, and obviously the other way around, obviously Chasashonim in that way around. So that is number eleven. Let's go to number twelve, Rabbi Zai. An imam in Bermuda Shlema, Bevias Hamashiach, Viafapishis Mamea, Imkoze Chakaloi Bechol Yom Shoyove. This is one of the greatest, I believe, with perfect faith in the coming of Mashiach. No matter how long it takes, I await. His coming. Now, by the way, there's a few Nukudas over here that I want to mention. First of all, the coming of Mashiach obviously is something that we have to tangibly live with on a daily basis. The Rambam says this clearly, and unfortunately, uh, there are people that kind of, you know, miss this Rambam. The Rambam says that if a person does not believe clearly in the coming of Mashiach, 
Right? He doesn't believe in it. Eh, I don't know what's going to matter. So then he's not a yid, basically. And I don't know if you can listen to him or drink his wine or anything that could be included in that. We're dealing with yidin that believe with perfect faith. Yes, there will be a Mashiach. We will have the Geula. When? I don't know. But it could come at any time. And we are waiting. And it's an obligation of every yid to wait for Mashiach. So much so, by the way, that one of the questions that you're going to be asked after 120 years of living in this little world, is, did you wait for Mashiach? I think it would be pretty embarrassing if one of the very first questions in the Faher, you won't be able to answer, or you'll just answer in the negative, or maybe just be silent out of total shame and embarrassment. We have to wait for Mashiach. We have to believe he's coming. Yes, he never came for the Rashba. Yes, he never came for Kivega. Yes, he never came for the Chassam Sofa. He never came for the Chavetz Chaim. But we do know and as the generations go down, less is expected of us. Our actions are much more powerful in a smaller way because of the Taivas and the Yudis Hadaris that we're living in. But we do believe that it's going to happen. And when it does happen, that moment will be one of the greatest moments ever, right? And any other Malchus kingship ever that existed in the world will be absolutely nothing, minuscule, compared to this. The Rambam in Hilchus Malachim brings down how, how Mashiach will be a king that will restore the Malchus David to what it was and rebuild the Beis Amikdash, gather all the Yidden from all four corners of the world, we'll have the Korbanis again, we'll have Shmita and Yovel Daraisa in Eretz Yisrael, all the mitzvahs that some of us cannot do, whether you're a Koyin, whether you're a Levi, whether you're Yisrael, because we don't have all the ability, technically, to fulfill all the mitzvahs. The Rabbah Menachus Melachim goes through all of these things. Uh, by the way, just on a side note, there's a very interesting question in the uh, in the in the um, the Biskarov. The Biskarov said, "Since when did the Rambam become a Tosfos and ask a question?" If you look at all the Animamims, this one is the only one that's different. He asks a question. Even though Lemaisa he's delayed, but Lemaisa I'm still waiting. It's very interesting, right? It's, it's a very interesting Rambam that has like sort of a question. But I'll compare him, that's the Biskorov's cash on the Rambam, but that we're not going to go into. A person who doesn't believe in Mashiach, or who doesn't await his arrival, right? That means, is a terrible thing. Uh, but again, that means, doesn't we don't have to believe that he's coming now, but it means we believe he could come. Okay, that's our job to believe as a Yid. Every Yid has an absolute obligation to believe every single day that he could come and to wait for Mashiach. Right? There were Gedolim that really felt this. There were Gedolim that really meant this, right? Famously, some of them had a special Shabbos clothing and a suitcase that was packed. I think it was Rabbi Yosef Salant, if I'm not mistaken, the Rav of Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yosef Salant, I think if it was him, uh, when he davened Shemun Esra, and he got to the bracha Es Tzemach David, which obviously referring to Mashiach, stopped, looked around to make sure that Mashiach hadn't come, because he didn't want it to be a bracha lavatona, and then he went on to uh, the next bracha. He lived with it. It wasn't a fake, it wasn't a, a charade, it was real. He lived with this idea that the Rabbani Shalom could be a Mashiach at any time. Well, it's a real thing. People believe in it. People were excited for it. I, th- I can't remember who it was. One of the Rebbe's once said, right before he died, if I would have known when I was younger that Mashiach would not, would not have come in my days, I don't think I would have made it to this age. I just wouldn't have made it. What kept me going was the belief that it's going to happen, it could happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Right? Now, the problem is that we often don't for many reasons. Some of us don't anticipate Mashiach because maybe we don't even want Mashiach. 
Like we can't be bothered. Our lives are good. We just bought our third car. We just built, you know, the next floor in our house with all plasma screens and all the bathrooms. It's geschmack, right? Why would I want Mashiach to come and ruin all my plans? I just booked a vacation. Come on, I just booked a vacation in in in, uh, in Dubai. Like I I need to go. It's gonna be a beautiful holiday. My mum has got everything planned. It's gonna be great. Why would I want Mashiach to come? That's the problem. Often we don't want it because our lives are unfortunately a little bit too comfortable in Golis, which they should not be. Which is a very dangerous thing. Which is a very bad thing. Another thing why people don't like it sometimes is is because. We don't understand what it means. We, we, we're often scared of the unknown. And this is the unknown. We don't really know what's going to be when Mashiach comes, right? But upon him, again, as I said, it's the obligation, absolute chiv, obligation of every yid to be able to really believe. And it's something we have to work on. And if it's not something you're involved in, and it's not something you're thinking on on a daily basis, maybe start thinking about it. Maybe set a reminder on your phone or something. Did you think about it for a moment? Think about it when you walk on the street. Mashiach could come. We want him to come. We need him to come. Right? There's too much sorrow in the world. We need the Gila Shechina. Right? Let's move on to number 13, Rabbi Sai. The last one of the Animamins. We'll do questions in just a moment. Animamin Be'amunah Shlema. Shemai. Okay, we must say, listen carefully, it's a very important one. I believe with perfect faith that the dead will be brought back to life when the Rabboni Shalom wants it to happen. Now this Yisoyed is something that's not clearly written in the Torah as we know. It's handed down from Moshe Rabbeinu. And if, again, the Rambam holds, it's a scary thought. The Rambam holds that if you don't believe in this, you cannot be included in Klal Yisrael. If you don't believe there's going to be a Tchir Samesim, and we will be, you know, brought back from the dead, the Rambam says you cannot be included in Klal Yisrael. The Rambam says it's clearly in Hilchus Tshuva, Lashon of the Rambam. If a person denies Tchir Samesim, Ein loy chelek He doesn't have a chelek in the world to come. Tchir Samesim is one of the fundamental parts of Emunah, says the Rambam. It's the last one that the Rambam felt to be on this list of the Yud Gimel Ikrim, meaning there's going to be a life after death. There's going to be whatever is whatever it's going to look like, whatever we're going to look like, whatever the world is going to look like is irrelevant. But the point is it's going to happen. We talk about it clearly in Shemana Esra, and perhaps that's the greatest time for a person to think about it, is during Shemana Esra, when we talk about the Baruch of Mechayim to realize that the Rabboni Shalom is going to perform Tchiyas HaMesim. It's something we believe with perfect emunah, with perfect faith. And the Rabboni Shalom is going to do it, obviously, for the right people. There are people that, that are unfortunately not going to be Zoycha to Tchiyas HaMesim. We know that the Mishnah famously says, Nochon Shabbos, Malava Malka is one of the scholars for a person to get Tchiyas HaMesim and other scholars as well, which we're not going to go through now. But the idea is the realization that we believe it. Now, again, Rabboni Shalom, we broke Hashem finished. The Shlosh say Ikrim, the 13 principles of faith that the Rambam considers to be the main and Ikka, primary ideas that bring a person to Amunah and belief in the Rabbani Shalom. We've gone through them. I think we understood them both on a superficial level and on even a bit of a deeper level. Of course, there's ways of describing it in deeper and deeper and going into it, and each one could have its own share as opposed to doing two or three a day. But I, I thought it's important, and I would like the Olam, if possible, at least maybe for tomorrow, at least one day. Right, I know Zevi were doing it already, but maybe just one day, give a thought, after davening, or maybe even before davening, or maybe even during the day, after mincha, whatever it could be, after Pasida, after Shachwis, you've got the Shloisha Esrei Ikrim over here, very simply, 
go through them, read them. Now hopefully you understand them, not only the translation and the English, but you also understand a little bit where they're coming from and what they mean to us. And, and I think that could give us a tremendous chizik. If the Rambam held that these 13 were the main ones, then that means we have to take that seriously. And these have been handed down from generation to generation. And even though there were those who argued and said, there's many, many more, these were the 13 that were Makabal and Klal Yisrael. was printed in every Siddur for a reason as well. And therefore it's something that we should consider uh, adding to our daily tefillahs, our daily davening, because it will give us that daily chizik in Emunah that we all need, as we always say, the Heiliger Chovetz Chaim, Yuganani, quotes, and he writes, that in the days right before Mashiach, that rope that the Rabboni Shem sends down to us to grab hold on, will be dangling and will be shaking violently. If you're holding on tight, you will remain held on to that rope, and you'll be safe and you'll be okay. But if you let go, or you're weak, weak holding on to it, it's not going to last very long. We're in a generation where we see clearly that we need emuna To live with that emuna is so hard. I get emails from so many people. Just got an email yesterday from a chosh of a girl that is struggling with shidduchim in such a difficult way. And she just said, I want to thank you for the shiurim because it gives her chizuk in continuing when there are challenging times. The only things we have to hold on to are our emunah, is our betochen, and when in the Rabbi knowing called Ovid Rachman, Latav Ovid, everything is done for good, there's the Rabbi he's running the world, there's everything, that's it's important for us to do this, because that rope is right now dangling, and it's shaking violently, if we're Zoycha, we'll grab hold of them to it, and we will hold on to it really tight for our lives. And once you're holding on to it for your lives, you'll be okay, and you'll be able to you'll be able to survive the storm that is right now uh, taking place in the world. And the Rabbi Shem should give us all the mind the schos of learning these yudgimel ikrim, and the schos of hopefully saying them at least on a, a daily basis, or maybe even once a week if that's all you can manage. Then that will give us that tremendous chizuk in the moon that we need.